The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another episode of No Bets Barred. This time, UFC Vegas 75. Not just that. A pretty sick Bellator card. You don't say that too often. Bellator 297. A couple of title fights on it. The chance for Patricio Pitbull to get three different belts. He would be the first one in any major MMA promotion. And then PFL 5. Like, low-key. Low-key, pretty stacked weekend combat sports. How we feeling, Jed? I mean, there's a... I'm feeling great. Let's start there. And then let's say number two. I don't know if this is true. There's an argument, though, of a realistic argument that the UFC has the third best MMA card going this week. It's <laughs> undeniably not the best. Bellator undeniably has the best one going this week. But you could convince me that the PFL is also offering something better this week. The PFL will be entertaining in the fact that it's heavyweight week, so you're probably going to be Love see it. some great knockouts. Larissa Pacheco is fighting against a girl that is Champ. probably going to engage with her, and they were we are probably going to see a finish in that fight. Uh, Ali Walsh is back, finally making his pro debut. Has been fighting a few times as an amateur. Aspen Ladd again coming in as a favorite. Do with that information uh, what you will. So yeah, I mean it's it's not a bad offering. I'll, I'm still gonna rank them: Bellator 297, UFC Vegas 75, PFL five. But there's some good fights to be had this weekend. Is is this his pro debut? Um, because oh, you are Tap, correct. Tapology is listing it still as an AMI. Oh, this is an AMI. Tapology has it listed as an AMI. I don't know if it is or not. Um, you know what? Honestly, but I think th- I think this is on May. Typology previously said O and O, and it said professional. Professional. I now see it. Amateur. Gotcha, yeah. 
three and um, one, three and two. Uh, which is also just sort of a really weird thing for. I mean, I know it's it's Biagio Ali Walsh, but prime placement for an amateur fight uh, amidst a sea of some decent sized names uh, on the PFL. So that's just kind of weird. You know what? I'll get. I'll be there again. It's happening in the A. I will be boots on the ground. I'll I'll dig into it. We'll we'll make sure that we're correct in, in calling this an Amy bout. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of things going on right now. I'm actually looking at an advertisement right now for uh, Olivia Aubin Mercier oh, fighting yeah. this Friday. That is not happening. That that is is not not the case. That's next Friday. That's going to be next week. And as I say that, my computer must have been listening. It's updated mm. to Dalia Green. Man, for Friday. I mean, your <laughs> your FBI agent is on point. Something is going on. Uh, so, yes, we return to the Apex for the 75th time. Doesn't feel real saying that. I mean, we... It's a lot. I, I remember UFC Apex like 37. I mean, that's how that's how long we've been, we've been at this game, betting on empty arena fights. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier in the main event, uh, and then obviously Bellator 297, Vadim Nemkov taking on Yoel Romero. But I think the fight that everyone's a little bit more excited for is Sergio Pettis taking on Patricio Pitbull. Chance for Pitbull. 35-45-55. I mean, it's going to be a big, big thing going on there uh, if that happens. So I'm excited to get into the Bellator card. Uh, I'm excited to talk. I got got some plays on Bellator. Got, got, a, little, got a little bit of action on Bellator. That's what I like to hear, so, baby. Uh, ready ready before to get we, into it. Before we dive in, 289. Uh, first and foremost, I just want to come out and, and issue a, not an apology, but but a statement. Um, you know, I think this is a joint statement. I think I can speak for both of us when I say uh, we failed as gimmick gamblers in the fact that we didn't take a Canada parlay. We didn't even take a Canada I mean, just Canadian an enormous oversight. Parlay. Uh, like plus 6,000, I believe it paid out as. I mean, you could have just thrown a shekel on it and it could have paid for dinner. It's it's really just the the regret that I felt in my heart watching Mike Malott lock up that submission. I was so happy for Canada. I was, I was filled with Canadian pride. And in the back of my mind, I was like, I can't believe I blew this so bad. I mean, uh, when when I think about the biggest regrets of my life, you know, that's uh, up it's, there. It's, it's it's right on up there. It it is right on up there. You know, you, you think about all the times you could have said, you know, you love you to your family members one more time. Uh, this one right there, right at that level of of not taking the Canada parlay. I am I'm so ashamed of us, Connor. Frankly, yeah. And I mean, here's the worst part is. That was lightning in a bottle. That was oh, never happened again. That was magic in a moment, and and now what we're going to be doing is is chasing. And I mean, it wasn't like these were they were all minus four hundreds. People keep saying that they were setup fights. I mean, f- I think five of the six say a couple were of them plus underdogs. money. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kyle Nelson, Jasmine were huge plus money. I think it was just Mab and Mike Millot were the two favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was- it was a risky bet to do, but that's what we're here for. Risky, here stupid for, bets. Stupid and then, risk bets. Because if it pays off, I mean, we're we're introing Oh Canada is the intro music. I mean, we're we're ra- we're waving the maple leaf. God save the king. Let's yeah. go. I mean, I would officially be a, a member of Maple Leaf Mafia had I done that, but I let everyone down. Regardless, 
Winning week, nice little bounce back. About three and a half units. Feels good after the 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 massacre I had two weeks ago. Hey, that's way to go, buddy. Way to way to not stay down. Way to get back to your feet. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, you did better than me. I had a I had a winning week, but just over a unit. Uh, my my faith and belief in Benny Darius and Nate Landwehr, they cost me a little bit. They, they cost me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was just on the under of that Charles Oliveira fight, and I can I can assure you oh, that was a great bet. <laughs> I can assure you, if I ever get offered an under two and a half of minus one sixty on a Charles Oliveira fight again, loans be will be taken it. out. <laughs> I mean, might as well. The man, the man does what he does, and it's right. fantastic. I went pretty heavy. It was one. It was my second biggest bet of the night. I wish I could say proudly I I, I absolutely hammered it, but I, I did go pretty big on it. Either way, fun card. Wasn't the best card in history, but it was a fun card. I had a good time. It was fine. Um, it did as well as it probably could have done, uh, given how the interest level. And I yeah, want to wrap. The interest level was low. Uh, yeah, it was low. Wrapping two eighty nine talk because it's it's relevant to this week, Connor. We're going to talk about flyweight unders moving. You know, this week we'll, we'll take that uh, for yes. just a second. Yes. But I'd like to say that officially, we can now officially say that ChatGPT is a winner. Ten bets up. Seven winners plus three and a half units overall. That's a sample size I can work with because ChatGPT delivered again last week. And sadly, we don't have one this week. Wasn't anything I felt comfortable asking the internet for. I felt like I had the reads. So, but ladies and gentlemen, I know that's Bard Nation. Trust ChatGPT. It's a proven winner, a track record of success at this point. And I'm excited to see where we can take it. What do you need us for? You can just ask ChatGPT. Chat I mean, what, what, what do you even need us for? Yes, briefly, flyweight unders. I don't want to come out and officially say that flyweight unders are dead. There will be select fights that I get back on the train, that I jump down the nostalgia alley to you know relive the magic that was. But it is no longer an auto bet. I can mm-hmm. say with full confidence it is no longer an auto bet. And a few of these this weekend are are dicey material. If we were still riding it. Well, it's fun that you say that because I'm disagreeing. I'm buying the dip, baby. I think we're back this week. You know, we're still plus Three. money overall on the year. Still pl- still up overall yes. in the year for Flowered Unders. So we got three chances this week. I'm buying the dip. If we're, if we're a loser, if we get into the negatives, then I'll reevaluate. But we're going to talk about them because I'm buying. I'm buying right. this week. Let's dive in. UFC Vegas 75, that's where we'll start as we discuss each card this weekend. If we don't talk about the fight, that means we have no action on it. We got too much to get into. Too many fights this weekend. 14 UFC fights, 15 belly fights, like 12 PFL fights. 14 UFC fights, and the the card starts at 7 o'clock. I mean, it was was the worst news I received. Should have been a 1 o'clock start, over and out. I mean, come on. Playoffs are done. We should have just, I mean, worse news I could have gotten. We start with the main event, middleweight bout, Marvin Vittori taking on Jared Cannonier. Right now, you can get Marvin Vittori, minus 110. Jared Cannonier coming back, minus 110. I mean, this is a coin flip fight. If you, if you look back over the last five years, both of these guys have only lost to Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya. I mean, they lose to the best of the best. I personally, I don't know what's going to happen here. 
Cannoneer is getting old. Yes, he's 39, but he hasn't really shown signs of aging that bad. He he relies on power punches, but we just saw him win a decision over Sean Strickland. I, I don't think the power is going to come into play here. I mean, Vittori literally has a blockhead, like never been finished. But Vittori, I went back and watched his last two fights. I mean, the Whitaker one, I mean, he just got dog walked. And then Roman Delice, it, it wasn't his best performance either. I don't. I don't know who's going to win this fight. Who, who, who? What do you say here? Oh, um, this this is a, a full on Marvin Vittori for me. Feel feel okay. pretty good about his chances. That was what my here. gut. That's what my gut said. As soon as I saw it, I was like Marvin Vittori. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. No, I'm full on Marvin Vittori here. I think yeah. I think we're getting a little bit better of a price on him because of the Delizze fight was so unspectacular, but. To me, stylistically, this is just a phenomenal matchup for him. I mean, Jared Kennedy did just beat Sean Strickland. Marvin Vittori is like boss level Sean Strickland. He is Sean Strickland to the nth degree. He is more physical but brings the same sort of attributes, Is has an impervious chin. And to me, this seems very obvious. Marvin Vittori is just going to continue to march Jared Cannonier down. Uh, Cannonier is getting a little slower, a little older. Uh, needs power punches not he's not entirely reliant on them but the straw that stirs the drink for him are the big hits and that's just not going to do anything against marvin vittori vittori is just going to be up in his chili the whole time putting the pressure on putting the pace getting him to the cage if he can score some takedowns jared cannonier not uh, a wunderkin off his back and i do think as this fight goes on marvin vittori is going to be able to get there get takedowns kind of just impose as well to me this lines up super well for him as a as a fight. My only real question is whether I should be taking Marvin Vittori straight or Marvin Vittori by decision. I mean, because seven seven of his nine UFC wins by decision, Cannoneer's only ever been stopped twice, never at middleweight. So there, he's real durable. Um, I'm a little scared of 25 minutes of that pace and of maybe Cannoneer eventually just sort of breaking under the kind of relentless pressure that Vittori brings. And the, ultimately what decided it for me is the price isn't big enough. Vittori by decision is only plus 140. It is you're not him, big enough. You're getting him at minus 110 straight. That's not enough juice there. So I am just on Marvin Vittori straight. Uh, but took a little book out of the Connor Burke's parlay as I've I've been starting to oh, do a on. lot. The go over on, one and a half stuff. is, a, is, this a, is it's just a beautiful parlay. This piece. is textbook. CB stuff right here. Minus 425. Vittori, 12 of his last 13 have gone over the one and a half. Cannoneer, five straight over the one and a half. Vittori, never been finished. You just mentioned the note about Cannoneer. He's only been finished twice, never at middleweight. And he's going against the guy in Vittori that really doesn't get that many finishes. One and a half parlay piece is, I mean, I mean it's, it's the Italian dream. I knew you would be on it. And uh, I was just like, how how does how is anyone not on it? Honestly, if, if we're you're just making trying, a parlay, that's the building block. I think if we're just trying to max profit this week, just just be a winner, you know, just hit one down the fairway, not trying to go for the green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we would just unload the clip on the over one and a half here. It's the most confident thing <laughs> I've ever had in my life is over one and a half in this fight. Is Marvin Vittori? Winning by knockout, totally out of the question. It's not totally out of the question. That, Like I said, that's where 25 minutes is a long time. Cannonier getting a little older. 
to me, I don't know that he's going to win. You know, water won't be on the feet. I don't think it would be a ground and pound TKO stoppage. But the question, I think that that's likely to happen or possible, much more possible if Vittori gets a takedown. Plus a thousand is a big number. It's plus a thousand. I might, I'm not going to lie to you. I might throw like a dollar on that because that's a big number. That's a big number. It really is. Like it's, but also, he has no knockouts since 2015. No knockouts in the UFC. He only has two knockouts in his whole career, which is a 25 fight career. Yeah, it it pro like I said, I don't. It definitely doesn't happen on the feet. If it happens, it's a ground and pound TKO stoppage, something like that. Um, and I guess the much more likely scenario there is that Cannonier gives up his back, gets choked out, uh, as opposed to just getting pounded out from mount. Of uh, still plus a th- that's how Vegas that's how Vegas gets you is with plus a yep. thousand yep. and start yeah. feeling attractive. If because it feels like the tides, like obviously Marvin Vittori opened as a larger favorite. Some people on Cannon Air. If I saw Marvin Vittori touch touch plus a hundred, which I know that's not the biggest difference in price, I'd probably jump on with you because my my gut my instinct was Vittori. I also kind of like Vittori. I'm I'm down with the Italian dream. I mean, sure. Why not? Uh, all right, that's the that is the main event. Should be a pretty fun fight. I, I do it's like a very the way... meaningful fight, if nothing else. Oh, for sure, for sure, for the future of the middleweight division, no doubt. Uh, I like the way that Marvin Vittori pushes pace. I mean, him versus Costa, that was that was probably the fight that made me. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say a like a, a Marvin Vittori fan. Marvin Vittori's supporter. I get up for his fights mm-hmm. a little bit more. That cost of one was pretty awesome. All right, we roll to the co-main event, lightweight bout, Armin Sarukian taking on Joaquin Silva. Right now, Armin Sarukian is minus 10, minus 1,050. Uh, Joaquin Silva plus 700. Yeah, I mean, this just kind of feels like a mismatch. This feels like he couldn't fight Hanato Moicano in the main event back in April, and it was just like, let's just get you in the octagon get you a fight, get you a dub, and we'll worry about Moicano at a later date. Um, Yeah, my one note on this fight is why is it happening? <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a, top, a top 10 dude with championship potential fighting a guy who is two and three in his last five fighting no one in the rankings. Yeah, it is. It is shocking that this fight is booked. Um, and I get it. You want to keep him busy, but this is the, like, we couldn't find anybody better. Like, nobody else is stepping up. I mean, hell, this, let, let the dude fight a like, welterweight. <laughs> Something. This feels like Armin, like, this feels like Armin Sarukian had a had an opponent yesterday that just got canceled. And we just found out, like, live during the show that it, okay, all right, Joaquin Silva, uh, Neto BJJ is going to step up here on this one. I actually do have a play on it. I took Sorry, the under one. Oh, fantastic! Well, first of all, I got a I got a chalk soup that Armin Sarukian oh, yeah. is in. That's uh, that's my play. Is Armin Sarukian is I got the stewiest garbage parlay build. I with- got a I got a two week chalk dumper coming up for you <laughs> that uh, is almost guaranteed to lose. But I'm liking what I'm looking at. 
I I also have a just a stew of garbage uh, and Saruk. It's Sarukian <laughs> Cannoneer over one and a half, and uh, we'll we'll add the two legs as we go. But uh, mine's actually a, a multi week multi promotion parlay. Mine is is also multi promotions. <laughs> I got, I, got, you're fancy. I got all three promotions this week in this stew, baby. Yes. Incredible. Um, I am on the under one and a half. I took it near the opener. It was at plus 115 when I got it. I understand Saruki in his last two fights, he went to a decision. I know he isn't like the most lethal finisher in the world. His last two fights, he was fighting absolute killers, though, uh, in Mateus Gamrot and Demir's Magulov. And Silva. Last two losses have come under the one and a half against being knocked out by Nasrat and Ricky Glenn, who Nasrat has 10 UFC fights. Ricky Glenn has nine UFC fights and their only wins by finish in the promotion of the UFC. Both came against Joaquin Silva. I mean, these guys are not finishers by any means of the word. And they both knocked out Joaquin Silva under the one and a half. And Sarukian, I mean, not only is this just a mismatch, he does have finishing capabilities. I mean, if you go and look at his two fights before his last two, both finishes under the one and a half. I, I really think that that this is live. I think Armin Sarukian gets it done, and I, I think he gets it done fairly easily. I mean, yeah, this is... I don't need to break this fight down. Armin Sarukian is going to win this fight. This guy's a future champion yeah. fighting a, a dude who maybe doesn't even need to be in the in the promotion. Yeah, I mean, like I I was pretty high on Joel Alvarez, big dude at, at lightweight. Joel going Alvarez in, is worth being high on going into that Sarukian fight, and Sarukian made him look like a fool. Like size difference, be damned. He absolutely dominated that fight, and then the Christos Giagos one. I mean, he. he also I mean, he just that. murders people, man. The, yeah, so. He has he gave Islam Makhachev the toughest fight of his UFC career until Volkanovski, probably. And he barely lost to Matush Gamrot and very arguably did not lose. To, I, I scored it say, for Gamrot, but many, many people scored it for Sarukian. I think it was that round four. I think it was that dicey round four that, that ended up deciding that one incredibly close fight. Can't believe it's been a year since that one. But yeah, Armin Sarukian... Dude's if he's going to be the champion, dude is going to win the belt. If he loses this fight, it's a fucking disaster for his career. If it's a close fight, like he wins like a 29-28 decision, it's not great. I think he comes out here and he just absolutely obliterates this guy. I agree. There's that always is. the banana peel. There's always the banana peel. But I, I would be shocked if he doesn't come out here and make this look easy. Absolutely stunned. So enough said on this particular enough said. Bout. Let's keep it rolling. Middleweight bout. Our man, CLD, Christian Leroy Duncan, getting back into the octagon after winning his debut. An unfortunate injury in that one. He takes on Armin Petrosian right now. You can get CLD for minus 145. Petrosian coming back at plus 125. You have action on this fight. What do we got? I do. So uh, I want to head off the questions because I know that the listeners right here, they know me. I'm a predictable man at this point, Connor. I'm not here to hit you with anything new. I love a gimmick parlay. Oh, yeah. We got back-to-back Armin's. People I had, like, a, feeling. I had that, a feeling. That's where you're wrong, though, because that's Whoa. where you're wrong. Because you know what else we have happening on this fight card? What's that? We got two Christians fighting on this fight card. We got double Christian action, and because – an Armin and a Christian are fighting. I can't take both parlays. 
I can't do it. It's a guaranteed loser if I take both parlays. And so I could take the Armin parlay with minus one million Armin Sarukian, but it's it's not what I'm doing. In part because I actually like CLD's chances in this fight. Uh, he's a little raw as a pro, but extensive yeah. amateur, extensive amateur uh, experience. Uh, and yeah, you know his his uh, UFC debut, unfortunate ending. Not here to tell you that that injury was um, amazing, but looked pretty good. You know, looked looked like the moment wasn't too big for him. He has a uh, pretty decent size advantage coming here, certainly with the reach. Uh, and I, I've i made a little money on Armin Petrosian in my time. Uh, ha- had a bet on him uh, against um, RoboCop that, you know, ended up paying off. But he is not this super dynamic fighter. I think CLD is a better athlete, much more dangerous, younger guy. Uh, and I... Like I said, I liked what I saw, how he was approaching the fight before the injury happened in his debut. So I'm back in Christian Leroy Duncan. He's one half of the Christian parlay with Christian Canones. We'll talk about that in a little bit, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think if I was picking the fight, I would take Christian Leroy Duncan. I was on him in that last fight against Dusko. Thought he had a lot of advantages there. I mean, he's got a massive reach advantage in this one. Huge. I do think... I do think he has the athletic advantage, and I think he's going to have the power advantage. But if it stays standing, which is where Armin is going to, you know, thrive as opposed to getting taken down, uh, which I wouldn't be shocked if Christian Leroy Duncan did that. I think he totally can, too. He also has that in him. Yeah. If it stays standing, it could be a tricky fight. It could be a tricky fight. Armin's kind of a tricky dude, uh, and he's pretty tough. Like, he he can avoid the he power is. shots, and he could stay standing. I think it's a close fight, but I, I edge it for, for Christian Leroy Duncan. I am a little bit disappointed. I mean, you could have taken uh, Armin Sarukian inside the distance, and it would be the Ar- Armenian Armin Armin Parlay, the AAA Parlay, Armenian Armin Armin Parlay. I mean, I but I can't do it. Because also, this shouldn't factor in, but it absolutely does for me because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nonsense person. Christian Leroy Duncan, one of the best names in the sport. Oh, yeah. It's just, that just rolls off the tongue. It makes you want to say it. CLD, Christian Leroy Duncan, let's go. So, got to back my boy here. All right. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling on the main card. Pat Sabatini taking on Lucas Almeida. Featherweight bout right now. You can get Pat Sabatini minus 190. Lucas Almeida coming back at plus 160. I got nothing here. I cannot trust Pat after I drove 30 minutes each way to get a Philly cheesesteak only to sit down and watch him get knocked out in a 69 seconds. KO'd flat, flatlined. Um, so I'm not going to be laying almost minus 200 on him here. Lucas Almeida's not the easiest opponent either. So I will pass on this one. I'm exactly the same. Um, I, this feels like a dogger pass to me if you're going to take one. but can't trust Pat Sabatini. I can't. I can't really trust either guy. I took one, I took one bite of my cheesesteak before Pat Sabatini was completely laid out on the canvas. I mean, he, he let you down, and you can't trust people who let you down. That's that's just life advice for everybody out there. Could be a bounce back spot. I do uh, I do love cheesesteak, so we'll see what's uh, in store there. We keep it rolling. Lightweight bout. Nicholas Moda taking on Manuel Torres. Right now, Manuel Torres can be at for minus 190. Nicholas Moda coming back at plus 160. Banger. Banger fight. This is going to be a, a fun one. I am on the under one and a half. 
Manuel Torres, 14 of his 15 fights have ended in round one. 12 of those fights have ended in the first two and a half minutes. We like to call them agents of chaos around here. That is exactly what Manuel Torres is. He comes in and he makes fights chaotic. On the other side, Nicholas Modis, 11 of his 17 have ended under the one and a half, including both of his fights in the UFC. I like this fight to be crazy. I like it to be chaotic, and I think we get a finish in the first round. I have zero thoughts on this one. Uh, just too many fights this week. Didn't didn't have the time to look into it. Um, didn't want to chat GPT. It didn't feel like it rose to the level of chat GPT. Uh, but, you know, off my gut, should be pretty fun. That's all I got for you. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Then that's that. We keep it rolling. Last fight on the main card, welterweight bout, Muslim Salikov taking on Nicholas Dalby. Nicholas Dalby, once again, the underdog, plus 160, Muslim Salikov coming back at minus 190. Thought about this one. Thought about Dalby as an underdog, and then I realized he's not fighting a Brazilian. He's not fighting a random country in Western Europe fighter, so I just can't bet him. I mean, he is the Brazilian beast. He He's the annihilator of all things Brazilian, all things random. He's He's collecting that list. He's collecting the heads of every random country in Western Europe, Norway, France, Italy, Greece, all of those fighters, Muslim Salikov does not fall under that definition, so I can't bet him. I mean, I'm so glad that you remember, and that's absolutely true. How could I forget? How could I forget? I, you know, Went into Brazil and had no issues getting his hand raised. No issues. I mean, if this fight was happening in Russia, I might think he has a little bit better of a shot here, but it's not, and I don't think he does. Um, I, I'm actually I'm going to back uh, uh, Muslim Salikov. Not straight. I'm going to take him by decision, so... Uh, nine of Dolby's 10 UFC fights have gone to the cards. He is exceedingly durable. 
and I think Solikov is just a better fighter. A little trickier, a little slicker on the feet, uh, more dangerous there. Uh, the way you really make hay against Solikov is going to be with the takedowns, and Dolby isn't a good enough wrestler to really do that. I think on the feet, he can maybe um, make this a little uglier, a little dirtier, but I think, you know, uh, Muslim Solikov, you know, this this man is the king of kung fu, so how dirty can you make it? Uh, I don't think he can have that much success there. I think this is going to be maybe not the best or most interesting fight ever, but we're going to get 15 minutes of Solikov just kind of being a little bit better on the feet and Dolby not having any answer. So Solikov by decision plus 180. All right. We roll on to the prelims men's bantamweight bout. Heoni Barcelos returns five months after being put out bad by Umar Namagomedov. He takes on Miles Johns right now. Barcelos can be had for minus 225. Johns coming back plus 190. We've preached the gospel of Heoni Barcelos on this show before. I mean, a complete mixed martial artist. He has lived the ways his entire life. Resume is absolutely insane. But Umar Namagomedov fight, I mean, he got put out bad. What are you thinking? I see the look on your face. Are you taking Miles Johns? That big butt. uh, I have Miles Johns circled as a possible bet, but I wanted to talk with you about it because... So I don't have Miles Johns. Okay. I took a I took a shot on the under two and a half. Um, I understand Henry Barcelos has been to a bunch of decisions before the knockout to Umar Namagomedov. But looking at his career as a whole, four of his nine UFC fights have gone under the two and a half. And then on the flip side, Johns, four of his six have not gone the distance. I think Barcelos could get a sub. I don't know if his chin's going to be all right. I mean... Certainly, he's been he's shown toughness. He's shown resilience his entire career. Maybe he did just get caught, and it's just going to be back to the old ways, and it's just going to be a decision, uh, you know, a striking affair the entire way. But I'm not sure. And at plus 185, I was very willing to take a shot and see what happens. That's uh, an interesting shot. I might think about that. So I don't have any bets here. My thoughts just are that, like, I think who I think Honey Barcelos is versus who he actually is, there's a pretty big delta there. Because when you talk about his resume, it's like, this guy's a world champion. I mean, it it it's because he came in so hot. I mean, won his first five or six in the UFC, some decent little names mixed in there. Got a Nurmagomedov, uh, you know, under wraps. But three of his last four lost. Um, and look, I'm not here to say Team Valiev, not a good fighter. Victor Henry, fine fighter. These aren't like elite-level guys. And so... um. I think this could be a spot to fade him, right? Like I think I think this might be a bit of a high price for him. And so I wanted to see if if you were on him, I was just going to jump on. If you if the you price were on is, John, dude, I was going to jump high, on. Dude. The price is high for a guy coming back 5 months after being scary just, knockout. Yeah, just crushed. So definitely a dogger pass. If you had been dogging it up, I would have been like, "All right, let's go wolf pack it up, baby." But Scary knockout at 36 at bantamweight. Now you're going to pay minus 220 on him. I don't know about that. Lost three of his last four. I don't know about that. Yeah, so I dogger pass. I think I'm going to continue to pass, but I always have a list of a couple where I'm like, let's see what Connor thinks. Let's see if... And so I'm glad to see we're at least in the same general idea here, but... 
I got a I lot of some, other action. I don't need to add bets. I, I see some people unloading the clip on Barcelos this week. I don't, I I don't know how. Not com- unload know the how, clip at all. I don't know how comfortable I feel with that. I mean, he could come out and win. Obviously, I mean, he's he's the better mixed martial artist here, but the the circumstances surrounding it are are definitely concerning. We keep it rolling. The first flyaway bout of three that we have to get into. Jimmy Flick taking on Alessandro Costa. Right now, Costa is a fairly sizable favorite, minus 240. Flick, plus 200 coming back. I'm not on the under, but I am on the violence bet. Fight doesn't go to a decision. I have that in a parlay. I mean, Jimmy Flick has been knocked out five times now. And if he doesn't get knocked out, usually subs his opponent. 18 of his last 19 have not gone the distance. Hasn't been in the car since 2016. Costa, four of his last five haven't gone to a decision. I like this as a parlay piece with the over one and a half in the main event. I mean, not much to add. Jimmy Flick um, is a, a great champion of flyweight unders. Yeah, dude. Respects. I mean, the guy is, it's him. It's Raw Dog Roy Val. Love Raw Dog Roy Val. I mean, those, those are just the, the kings of the flyweight yeah. unders. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm taking it. I'm taking the under. Like I said this week, I got we got three of them. Feels like if we're gonna kill flyweight unders, I don't want flyweight unders to officially die at the hands of Stephen Urseg and David Dvorak. That David Dvorak does not deserve to be the man who kills flyweight unders. As far as I'm concerned, if it's gonna go down, it needs to go down in a week where we got three of them. You know, let the gods decide the fate here. We're probably going to get a W with this one. Flick uh, Costa seems extremely unlikely to to not hit it, which is why the unders minus two thirty. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hefty price to pay, but I don't think it goes to a decision. So, should be good times. Should be good times. We keep it rolling. A men's bantamweight bout: Kyung Ho Kong taking on Christian Quinones. I have nothing on this fight, but I believe. This is the second half of the Christian parlay. Second half of the Christian parlay. Pays out at plus 171. You take the two Christians and and there you go. Um, I mean, to me, this is this is pretty straightforward. Uh, I think I, I like Christian Canones anyway. He's younger, a little more aggressive, puts a little bit more of a pace on. Kung Ho Kong, um, getting a little older, you know, late 30s starting to creep up on him. Uh, it's going to be a question of if he can score takedowns, I think. And Canones is um, not super tested at the high ranks, but he's a decent enough wrestler. I think he can largely keep it on the feet, just outpace uh, Kong, uh, who's somewhat hittable there. So uh, give me the Christian. Give me the Christian parlay. Um, and you know, a lot of jokes, I feel, that could be made there. I'm not going to take that low-hanging fruit. Not going to make any puns about the Christian parlay. Just taking the Christian parlay. We're good. Next up, men's flyweight bout. Second one of the evening, Carlos Hernandez taking on Denise Bondar. The return after a pretty gruesome arm injury against Malcolm Gordon about 16 months ago. Right now, Bondar minus 125. Hernandez coming back plus 105. Um, Bondar opened as a dog. I was I was a little bit surprised to see that. I was, I was pretty high on him before that Malcolm Gordon fight. Uh, unfortunate to see it go like that. And I just haven't been overly impressed with Carlos Hernandez. I mean, two split decisions and then getting finished in the first round. Um, 
I think Bondar is the better wrestler here, and that's what he's going to have to do to get the win. I mean, Hernandez has been taken down in every one of his fights, and if Bondar's getting the takedowns, I think he's going to win this one pretty handily. And on the feet, I mean, maybe it it's closer there, but Hernandez really doesn't present much of any danger to Bondar at all. Zero professional wins by knockout. One KO in 14 amateur fights, and... That was to a great man named Borisov Petko, who that one fight was uh, his entire career. Career Italian legend, Borisov Petko. Um, one of the greats. Yeah, one of the greats. And, and then if you look at it, I mean, yeah, I think he's got four subs on his record, and it is all to fighters that are like 1-1, one 2-2, and 0-0. One, two and two, oh and oh. I, I don't think the guys that he subbed finished their careers 0-3, oh Oh and one, two and two, and two and seven. So combined record of four and strong. It's a strong combined record. Four and fourteen. Those are the only guys that he's finishing. Like I, I really don't think Bondar needs to to worry about a finish. And if if that's the case, I think he's just going to put a pace on this dude and and go for the wrestling. I mean, obviously the concerns. Why I'm not. Going heavy on this, just a just a unit play. Uh, the arm injury. I mean, he we haven't seen dude in 16 months. If you look at his Instagram, doesn't really tell much of a story. Looks like he's ready for the comeback, but it's not like he's he's looking like AP after the ACL injury uh, back in 2012 or anything like that. So obviously some question marks, but I think this is this is a good matchup for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean. I don't have too much to add, frankly, and I'll just say that you could extrapolate the stuff that that Connor just said and make a pretty logical jump to the under two and a half here of uh, Bondar, no decision wins. One decision his entire career. The man is a finisher. I think he is going to get those takedowns. I think he's going to kind of put it on Carlos Hernandez. And uh, getting a good price, under two and a half plus 145, or 140, sorry, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I good price for the under two and a half on a flyway fight. All I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. I think, the, I think the two here, the two ways this goes is Bondar wins by finish, which is what I believe is going to happen, or Carlos Hernandez wins a decision. I mean, I just, I would be very surprised if if Hernandez finishes Bondar, unless it's some sort of injury related thing. But 16 months away is makes me feel comfortable enough that that he's ready to be back. Yeah, fully, fully agree. So. Under two and a half, baby. Flyweight unders. Let's keep rolling. Let's roll to a women's flyweight bout. Teresa Bleda, Gabriela Fernandez. Right now you can have Bleda for minus 255. Fernandez coming back at plus 215. Teach me something, Connor. Teach me something here. I am actually taking a flyweight under on a women's bout. That is what I'm going to be doing. I played it at plus 200. Um... Little shot here. Here's how I'm thinking. Blada is going to be bigger. She is three inches of height, four inches of reach. She is just a big, strong girl. And those inches matter much more at this size. It's not, you know, six four versus six one. This is this is five nine versus five six. Uh Blada brings a a pace and a pressure with that wrestling that few uh women do. She looks for finishes. And I think that's going to give Fernandez fits, man. I mean, we just saw her against Jasmine Jazdevicius get taken down four times, controlled for 11 minutes, was just getting pummeled. Yes, she did not get finished in that fight, but I think Blada hunts finishes much more actively than Jasmine Jazdevicius. 
Uh, and for Blade, a five of her seven pro fights ended under the two and a half. Fernandez on the other side, four of her seven under the two and a half. And she's live for a finish too. Because as much as I like Blade's pressure, her pace, the way she uses the wrestling, if the takedowns aren't there, her striking defense is terrible. Uh, she she does get hit a lot. We just saw her finish last time out against Natalia Silva. I like it here. I like I'm I'm taking a shot. I'm taking some plus money plays here. Not getting too overexposed this weekend. Uh, and yeah, I think it finishes live in this one. I trust you. I have zero thoughts on this fight. So wouldn't love playing Blade at minus two fifty five. I'm not gonna lie. Women's bantam. You should definitely not take that number for seven fights. Yeah. No. Please don't bet that. <laughs> uh, last two on the card, Ronnie Lawrence, Daniel Argueta. I don't have anything. I know you don't either. And then Modestus, Bukakis, Zach Palga. I thought about a Bukakis play for a second, and I was like, minus 200. Yeah. Do I really want to trust this guy? You you do not is, is the answer there. Yes. I I like you had the brief thought of like, Brief okay. thought. I was like, I was like, this comeback has been sick, and Zach Palga infuriated me into the moon last time with his clinch fest against Jordan Wright. I believe in that fight he had uh, no takedowns and nine minutes of control time. I mean, that's good. It's a barn burner. For. That is a barn burner. That's a heavyweight Our, over fight right there. <laughs> that's a heavyweight over fight right there. And that concludes UFC Vegas 75. I mean, our quickest run through of our time here. I am on Torres Moda under one and a half. Barcelo Miles under two and a half. Saruki and Silva under one and a half. Blada Fernandez under two and a half, and Denise Bondar. I got Sarukian as a chalky parlay piece. I have got Flick Costa doesn't go to a decision as a parlay piece, and Vittori Cannoneer over one and a half as a parlay piece as well. I've got a pretty tight UFC schedule. I've got Marvin Vittori straight. I've got Salikov by decision. I got the three flyweight unders, obviously. And, uh, ooh, Storm rolling in in the A. Oh, I thought uh, that was the tummy. No, no, no. Storm, storm, storm clouds are brewing. So hopefully the internet hangs on. Uh, and then I've got the Vittori Cannonier over one and a half and Sarukian straight in a big chalky parlay soup. So ooh. tight on the UFC, but Chalk soup. I got some other plays coming. Me too. I got, I only got five plays on the UFC. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about Bellator 297. We're back in Chi-Town, Wintrust Arena. Not going to go through every fight here. Not going to go through every fight here. We'll talk about the ones that we have plays on. Main event, the Deem Nemkov, Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero trying to get gold around his waist at the ripe age of 46. Think he does it? I, I do not. And I, I, I wish I wish that he would because longtime viewers of the MMA Fighting Podcast Network, YouTube channel, etc. I'm about as big of a Yoel Romero stan as as exists in the world. I I have constantly supported this man throughout his career. One of my favorite fighters to watch, not because he's amazing, but because I find him hilarious to watch compete. I do not think he is going to be Vadim Nemkov because he's 46 years old. Uh, and granted, in Yoel Romero years, that's actually like being 32. You know, this man is arguably the greatest athlete who's ever stepped foot in mixed martial arts. Um, just uh, a specimen, an absolute freak of nature. The fact that he is still looks like this in his, you know, 
pushing 50 uh, and can move like that pushing 50, unbelievable. The problem is, and it's been the problem for most of Yoel's career and certainly as he's gotten older, the age isn't showing itself in the physique, still a, uh, a Herculean physique, but his activity, man, it has steadily declined over the years. Uh, looked a little bit better against Melvin Manhoof, who's another ancient human being, so that's probably the answer there. But he simply just doesn't do a lot. Um, he is content to sit and absolutely wait for the perfect counter opportunity and try and land the big shot. That could always happen, but if it doesn't, Vadim Nemkov is just going to outpace him, just gonna just going to be working while Yoel is not. Uh, fight might be pretty boring. A lot of Yoel fights can be pretty boring, but... I like Vadim Nemkov to retain. And so I've got him in my big three promotion stew. Uh, he's the third leg of the four leg stew. I'm with you. I'm with you, man. It'd be crazy to see Yoel Romero get gold around his waist at 46 years old. But I just don't know. I just don't know. I mean, Vadim Nemkov is a beast. He looked fantastic last time out. Uh, I mean, it's it, it really was a thing of beauty, his performance against Corey Anderson. One thing I just want to throw out there, just, if you're just even considering it. I mean, it's... it's Yohan Romero has won eight of his last 10 wins by third-round finish. Third-round Romero is a real thing. He is, he is a real actual, deal. real mythological Eight beast. of his last 10. And I want to say it's four straight... Third round finish wins. Well, Romero in round three plus 2,500. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I'll, I'm going to hedge with that. Plus 2,500 for third round Romero. You got to hedge with that. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. Third round Yoel Romero is a, is a very real thing. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're kind of in agreement. I think Vadim Nemkov gets this thing done. Let's go to the co main event. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Bantamweight Championship. Patricio Pitbull taking on Sergio Pettis. Right now, Patricio Pitbull, minus 180. Sergio Pettis coming back, plus 155. Does Pitbull get the third belt? Do you have any action on this fight? Currently, no. Oh, well, let me uh, let me paint your word picture. Let me sell you something Ooh, here. Yes, sell. Sell, baby. I think this is an unpopular opinion. I'm taking Sergio Pettis to win Ooh. this fight. I'm actually, I actually don't think it's that unpopular, man. I, I, I checked earlier this week, and Patricio Pitbull was like a minus two fifty. Oh, is so the money been coming in on Pettis? Oh, I did not yeah, look yeah. at the movement. Um, but yeah, I, 
I mean, Pitbull at minus 180 is it's a big number. And I I yes, I do think Patricio Pitbull is, is a better fighter than Sergio Pettis. I'm not sure he's that much better of a fighter. And I have enormous questions about this man making this drop down. Yes, he probably should be able to make uh, you know, Bantam weight relatively cleanly, but never seen it before. And when people start doing this, all sorts of weird things happen. You got to adjust to a whole new weight class, a whole different way of fighting. Uh, one of Pitbull's biggest advantages his whole career has been his speed. He is faster than featherweights. He is faster than the lightweights he's fought. That's just not going to be the case with Sergio Pettis. Like He is not going to be the faster man in there. He's probably, I mean, he's going to be the bigger puncher. But other thing about Sergio Pettis, I think Sergio Pettis has been uh, close to criminally underrated his whole career. I don't think he's the best bantamweight in Bellator, but I do think he's a very good bantamweight. Yes, Kyoji Horiguchi was putting it on him until the back fist, but, you know, win's a win, baby. A win is a win. And other than that, I was on Sergio Pettis in that fight, and it was, it was, it was not bad looking good. Until it, it was, until it wasn't. It was not looking good. And that's the thing. I think he is going to be uh, much more nimble of feet. He's going to be moving around, cutting, uh, you know, getting angles a little more often. And I just have a lot of questions about what Pitbull is going to look like with this first weight cut down here and how that goes. I could be wrong. Maybe he comes in, weight cut goes fine, and he is just the better, more physical fighter, and Pettis doesn't have the tools. But I certainly wouldn't feel good about laying this price on on Pitbull and I, I'm going to take the dog shot on the champ. All right, man. I don't blame you. There's blame a reason you. he would be the first guy ever to be a three-division champion. It's damn hard. It well, is you, damn, damn hard. You know he's come out and uh, and said that now that Bellator is opening up a 125, he's going to make that cut. Let's get 135 first, and then we can worry about the cut down to 125, man. Yeah, let's let's make you know. I hope everything goes well. I hope we get a great fight, uh, but I I just got questions. I man, got we're 30, questions. We're 35 years old, man. Do we need to be cutting down to 125? It's it's usually you're going the opposite way. Usually you're 35. You're you're moving up. So I do think that this is a weight class you should be able to make. Like I said, etc. But I'm. I, I'm not going to lay that price at him, and I am going to fade him a little bit just in case. Just in case. So we saw TJ Dillashaw make the cut. Looked terrible making the cut. It Things happen. Jose right. Aldo, who is a historically better feather, career featherweight than Patricio Pitbull, his first fight down to 135 was tough. He had a tough fight because it's a whole new experience. So that's where I'm at. All right. The only other play that I have right now is in a chalk donkey parlay. Tamir Kizreev minus six fifty as a parlay piece. Okay, um, I don't even know who that human being is. So, well, you're gonna know after this weekend. He takes on Richie Smolin on the prelims. Twelve okay. and off, Dagestani. Oh well, then that seems like a good, good, yeah. good, solid yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I know this man off the top of my head. Tell me what I, else you got, man. Last play on Bellator. Um, it's another big fight, baby. I'm taking another underdog shot. Ooh. Phil Davis should not be Ooh. an underdog to Corey Anderson. I do not think he should be an underdog to Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson um, 
I'm a career hater of Corey Anderson. I'm just wow. coming out and say it. Weren't you on Corey Anderson against Vadim Nemkov? I was because the, the second time, the first time I was not, and then he beat the brakes off Vadim Nemkov. So I was like, guess I'm wrong. Guess Corey ah, Anderson. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. He was clattering him in the first fight. And then, 29, 28? Come on. I mean, yeah, but that fight was going real bad. 1919? Fight was going real bad for Nemkov. But they refought. Super Nemkov made the adjustments. Here's my thing. I've career-hated Corey Anderson. Uh, I talk trash about him at all points in time because he shouldn't be the best light heavyweight in the world, and that's what it is. And against Phil Davis, I this just seems like a great style matchup for Phil Davis. Corey Anderson is like is a, a good MMA fighter, but he needs to score takedowns. We saw when he wasn't able to get his wrestling going against Nimkov what happened. He's not taking down Phil Davis. NCAA... Champion Phil Davis, one of the most decorated amateur American wrestlers ever filled. He's not taking Phil Davis down. This is going to be a bad kickboxing bout. And in that, the fight's at least 50-50. It's at least 50-50. If not, favoring Phil Davis, who can also can take Corey Anderson down. So Phil Davis is plus 155. I just that looks like value to me. I'm taking Phil Davis. All right. I don't hate that. I don't hate that play, Mister Wonderful. Mister Wonderful. He's just gonna he's just gonna use the big long kicks and uh, defend takedowns. And Corey Anderson's not gonna have anything that he can do. Does the age worry you at all? Not really, because it's not like I mean Corey Anderson is not a, a young man either. I mean yes, Phil is thirty eight, but what Corey Anderson's like thirty four, thirty five. All right. I don't hate that. I I don't hate that that Phil Davis play. You didn't fully sell me, but. I'm working in that direction. We still got a few days for me to get down a little action on old Philly B. I mean, the Sergio Pettis, I also kind of like where your head's at there, but I feel like I missed I feel like I missed the line a little bit. I mean, that. I would feel so good if this line was was bigger than it is, you know, plus plus two something, but I mean still he, feel he, enough he, at plus one fifty five. Oh, Sixty five, sorry. Fucking yeah, on on Sunday he was plus one uh plus two hundred. I mean, feel great about that bet, but yeah, that's much better than the plus one fifty he is currently at. The Phil Davis line, though, I've got Pettis at one sixty five. Oh, that's not so, terrible. Yeah, uh, is that on DraftKings? It is not on DraftKings. Uh, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm actually plus not looking at DraftKings. Phil but... Davis plus one fifty five. Uh, yeah, you you might have talked me into something there. Any other action for you here on? Not uh, on Bellator. That's the end of yeah. my Bellator run. Got a look. I, Got more action than I should have on the PFL. You're, you're not looking to parlay up Vladimir Goueva versus Gabriel Sayeg. I am not. One and zero versus one and one. That is just prime Bellator. I am not. Vladimir. I almost bet Daniel James because I have a buddy named Daniel James, and I think of him every time. Uh, I actually thought about fights. Gokhan Sarikam, and then I was like, I don't know. There's something going on. <laughs> There's something going on with Daniel James that like he just keeps winning. It's the magic. The magic of DJ. It is. Jordan Newman is definitely going to win, but he's like minus 2,000. Cody Law absolutely, absolutely cannot be trusted. He is once again a minus 500. Last year, he burned me bad. Killed like three parlays. They all hit except for him. He was a minus 800. Got dog walked 30-27. There was a couple 30-26s. Then he comes out last fight in December, 
minus 300. I, I was wary then. I was like, can't trust him. Loses a split decision. Now he is back as a minus 450. It's like, give me a break, man. Cannot trust that. Cannot trust the law. Archie Colgan, big fan of him, but tough matchup against Emmanuel Sanchez. I actually like that they're giving him a test. Uh, and other than that, yeah, Jaleel Willis versus Ramazan should be a pretty good fight. I mean, we do. Ramazan is a is a Madoff. Throwing it out there, we know their we know their numbers. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jaleel Willis he looked good against Kyle Crutchman though. Cash is I mean, pretty but big. Is he, he's gonna he's gonna fight a Magomed minus yeah. two hundred. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's keep it rolling. Uh, that is Bellator two ninety seven. Let's go over to PFL five. Heavyweights. We'll start with the main event. I have more action than I need to on this card. (laughs) You'll be there, though, right? I will be. Boots on the ground, baby. Boots on the ground. That's what No Best Bar does. We get the people in the building. Main event, Ante D'Elia taking on Maurice Green. Now, I just want to point this out. Ante D'Elia needs to get a finish before the 120 mark of the second round to make the playoffs. Is that true? Yes. He missed his first fight. Oh, he didn't fight once. That's right. God, he missed PSL his first fight. So fucking dumb. Maurice Green, his first fight, he finished Marcelo Nunes in the second round, a minute and 20 into the second round. So Ante D'Elia needs to do it faster than that. Now, here's the question. I watched Ante D'Elia win the heavyweight championship in person last year at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. He is a beast, and he has a fan base like no other. The Croatians absolutely showed out when he won this thing. I mean, it was it was a sight to behold. My question is, does, does that help him? Like he's going to be more driven to get a finish? Or does it hurt him, Maurice Green, knowing... He has to survive six minutes and 21 seconds. Well, uh, that's an interesting question. So I think it probably largely hurts him in just because of that. But here's what I will also say. Um, not ne- He doesn't necessarily need that quickly of a finish because okay. of the way the thing works. There is a world looking at the standings right now. I mean, Dennis Goltsov is going to be in. And Maurice Green is has a really good shot at it because of his early finish. But you've got uh, Hanan Feher and Mateusz Scheffler fighting each other. So only one of those dudes is going to make it in. Whoever wins that fight is going to make it into the playoffs, overwhelmingly likely. Uh, And but then at the end of the day, they'll have six points. Yeah, they'll have six points, which is overwhelmingly likely. But, you know, Jorgen DeCastro, if he gets a first round finish or whatever, will also get six points. Um, Marcelo uh, Jorgen's fighting. Marcelo Nunes and Danilo Marquez are fighting. If uh, if either of those dudes gets a big finish, so there's a world where all all the champion, all Delia needs is any kind of a finish to qualify, but probably needs it in first round. Probably needs it pretty early to feel safe. He will also know by the time he's going into the arena what he needs and. We can't say right now that he has to get that finish, but I think that is how how this is going to play out with the way that the standings are and who is fighting who. Like you just said, like someone between Scheffel 
and Ferreira are going to have six points. Goltsov yes. is going to have six points. Goltsov already Mo, has six points. Yeah, Mo Green six has, Mo has, has five. five points. Uh, Jorgen De Castro uh, probably just going to have zero because Goltsov is probably going to win that fight. But if Jorgen De Castro beats Goltsov with the first round finish, then that's really going to muck it up good and proper for him. So uh, I think any finish win probably is going to be good enough to get Delia in. But he needs a first round to feel confident that he's in, I would say. So with that, first of all, I'm I'm parlaying him up, Ante Delia. Uh he looked incredibly impressive last season. Maybe it's the the silk sheets type thing. You never know. You saw that happen to Brendan. Yep, you never know. Something I do want to throw out there. As bad as he needs a finish to make the playoffs, Delia to win inside the distance is only minus one fifty. That is an interesting number. A very interesting number as Walking Trouble has 17 of his 23 wins by finish. Maurice Green been finished a couple times. Not super, um, you know, prone to getting finished though. Mostly decision losses. Uh, I mean, I really like Dawes' uh, chances to win this fight anyway. So, um, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play it, but... Delia to win by knockout plus 105. I mean, now that's that's pretty decent. I don't know. I have no bet on this, but I'm gonna start thinking about that pretty heavily. The the ITDs. Ha- hasn't had a submission in nine years. It's been a long time. Been a bit yeah. of a stretch. One, two, three, four, five. His last five wins by finish are all by knockout. Something to think about, something to chew something? on. Something to consider, certainly. Plus 105. I I might end up throwing a little shekel on that. Uh, Larissa Pacheco versus Amber Librock. It's an execution. This is an execution, right? Oh, yeah. This is Pacheco uh, concludes my Chalky Stewie parlay, the three promotion parlay. Uh, you, you've got Sarukia, Nemkov, Pacheco, and Vittori Cannonier over one and a half. It pays you out at minus 138. That's right. A four-leg parlay that pays out at basically minus 140. That's good gambling right there. So here's what I'm thinking. Like, she, Lybrock being, went to Bellator, got one win over Janae Harding. Can't really speak to that much then faces arlene blenko gets knocked out amanda bell gets knocked out jessica borga gets arm barred finished three times out goes over to gladiator challenge faces cans invicta nobody faces martina Jindorova, gets a finish in the first round now she's facing larissa pacheco who is like potentially the most potent finisher in women's mma I don't I mean, think that's a, she's up there. Don't think that's a crazy thing to say. Over one under one and a half, minus one sixty. Duck, I don't don't hate it at all. Don't hate that. Like I I think I'm getting around to that. Minus one sixty. Pacheco I'm, by knockout, minus two oh five. I mean, I'm I'm just taking Pacheco straight. I don't need to be double exposed on this, but I don't hate yeah. any of the things you're saying. I kind of like that under one and a half. I know she went to 
the distance with Julia Budd and Kayla Harrison, two incredibly tough opponents. Kayla Harrison, you know, uh, a tougher matchup. For that, man, five straight wins by first-round knockout. Amber Liberock, too, like on the other side, she has one, two, three, four, five, six fights ending in the first round. Six straight. I think and I'm going to play that that under one and a half. I like it. This is this is what you come to know bets barred for to listen to a man talk himself into a bet. I mean, it's just the like process. That's what I kind of like. I didn't, you know, dive incredibly deep on on this, but it's just like I just feel like Pacheco's just going to nuke her ass. It seems exceedingly and it, likely. And if she doesn't, if she gets the Brennan Lock name treatment. I mean, Librock's last four wins are by first round finish. I mean, like the Brendan Locke main treatment was get nuked in 90 seconds. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it's like the Super Bowl hangover could be real. I mean, Librock is get or get got, bro. Like, she's, if you look at her career, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of 10 have not gone to a decision. And, Seven of those have ended in the first round, and she's going against Larissa Pacheco. Yeah. Yeah, sign me up. Sign me up. Love it. Uh, Love all right. It. Anything else? I mean, Aspen Ladd being, being a minus. I have one more bet. Tell me. Tell me about it. Well, I, I want to say I briefly considered uh, Hanan Fajera versus Matea Sheffield because I just don't respect Matea Sheffield as a fist fighter. Um, but – not going to lay minus 255 on that's That's nonsense. There was game. a world where I was like, Hanan Ferreira might be the next thing. Yeah. And He's then not. He, he, <laughs> I, I exactly had the same thought once upon a time, and it's not. Uh, Connor, I want to round us out with a gimmick. Round you know, it. I, I love a gimmick, and there's so many gimmicks. Uh, this week, we're, we're adding a third parlay. Connor, a third parlay. What could go wrong? Nothing. And it, let me tell you, nothing can go wrong when you hear the two people in this because it's a two-legger. It's the double D parlay. Ooh. It's Aspen Lad, Lad with two Ds. No. And no. Julia Bud, Bud no. with two Ds. No. Love where your head's at. Hate the play. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. Hate it. Hate Why? it. Why? You don't feel it. confident in Aspen Lad or Julia Bud? Julia Bud, Have they I feel- ever let you down? <laughs> Aspen Ladd is a never, ever again better. If, if you have bet Aspen Ladd, first of all, I bet her against Julia Budd uh, in November. It was the grimiest, most disgusting split decision win I've and been a part of. she probably didn't deserve. That she probably didn't deserve. And then my dumb ass goes back to the well as a minus 500. Ooh, Who lays minus 500 on Aspen Ladd? Me. Me, me, and stupid people. That's who lays minus five hundred on Aspen Lad. No way, no way, no way. It was that that Aspen Lad, no Elena Kolesnik fight. She just didn't do anything for the first two rounds, and then she was like, "Uh, oh, like, uh, I guess I'm in a fight." And then third round just did whatever she wanted to, and didn't get a finish and lost. I mean, look though, she she needs a win to to qualify for the playoffs. Uh, Bud also needs a win. They are fighting. Both of them are fighting like children. Um, well, no, actually, I guess Bud's Gingerova is actually fine, but Lad's taking on a twenty-three-year-old who I don't know. 
It's very dumb. I'm not. I'm. I know I'm going to be holding this parlay ticket, and Lad's going to be fighting Sobek, and I'm going to be in the back, and I'm going to be sweating it while doing an interview with Tenerife as I'm looking over his shoulder to the TV and been like, That's "Lad, do thing. something, do something." That's the biggest thing. You're going to have a terrible time. It's going to be a terrible win time. Lose, win or lose, it's just like the best part about winning. If you win, is just going to be a great sense of relief. Like it's going to be like. If you win this bet, you're going. If you win this bet, you're going to look at someone and you're going to be like, "Never in doubt, never Never in in doubt." doubt. Double D parlay, never in doubt. Look, I'm not saying it's a smart bet to put lay minus 180 on Aspen Lad, but it's a bet I've made. Pays plus 166 for the double D parlay, and that gives me three parlays, two gimmicks, and (sighs) one gimmick parlay that I couldn't bet because it went against the other given parlay I was betting. All right, my chalk supers are Ante Delia, Denise Goldsov, Timor Kizriv. That's one, pays out minus 160, three legs minus 160, sharp shit plus sharp, AB shit. Sharp betting sharp, this week from us. Sharp shit. Never said we were sharp. We have never claimed sharp to be good at betting. cue ball on this. Never have claimed. I'm profitable from time to time. Overall, still very profitable. Other one, Chalker Rooney. This one's actually pretty bit better. Vadim Nemkov, Armin Sarukian. Next week, we take it to Jacksonville. Ilya Taporia. That pays out at minus like, 109. That's a much better. Uh, that's actually just good gambling as opposed to that's our a, other bad gambling that we've done today. Yeah, that one I'm going pretty pretty heavy on. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. Added the Pacheco Labrock. One thing I actually, last thing before we get out of here, uh, we didn't talk about Felipe Burns, Zalga Zumagulov. And all I have to say, speaking of bad betting, listen, the haircut's great. This this personality resurgence of Zalgas is great. I wish him the best. But if you are laying minus 175 on a guy that is one in five in his last six and he's going to be at a three-inch height and four-inch reach disadvantage, I don't know. You shouldn't do it. Um, yeah, you just probably shouldn't do that. I'm betting the under of that fight, obviously, at plus 145. And uh, that one might might not hit. I don't have a ton of confidence in that flyweight under doing the thing. But, but if the other two the hit, we're profitable. We're good. Yeah, you're sticking to the brand. I mean, that's the key. That's the key with my thing. Like, the Barcelos and the Blada unders, I'm not, like, insanely confident on. But if one of them hits, I'm profiting a unit. So yeah, it's all that's good. That's all you need. So there uh, we are. There what we a, are. What a week. A lot going on this week. A lot going on. A lot going on. It's it's going to be a great time. Uh, and yeah, that uh, that should about do it here. From old New York to L.A., beautiful day shaping up in here here in New York City. Good thing I'm going to be inside for the next eight nine hours doing the MMA hour. Alas, uh, I will I will be enjoying the weekend. That is UFC lineup, Vegas seventy five for the hour. Great lineup I today. I love that. Max Holloway in studio. The best is blessed. Looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, UFC Vegas 75, Bellator 297, PFL 5, all in the book. Should be a great weekend of fights. And we will see you next week. UFC Jacksonville, baby. Uh, plus, me, plus PFL like 8 or something. <laughs> Uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier, can we keep the Canadian magic rolling? We will find we, out. We may have to bet him as penance for. for oh, passing. for sure. 
for sure. I, I, I'm. If the lines were out, I, I probably already would have. Oh, uh, but we got Jillian Roberts in fighting next week too. Jillian Roberts, hello, Canada Parlay Redux. Oh man, I don't know going against Tabitha Ricci, baby shark. I mean, Jillian Robertson at strawweight has looked sensational. She's looked sensational, but Tabitha Ricci has also looked sensational. Some things are happening. Better uh, tune in next week to find out what we do. Uh, that is that Jacksonville, as University of Georgia graduates, spent many uh, nights in October, early November in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is... Jacksonville. Jacksonville's I, I also was born and raised in Savannah. Jacksonville's 90 minutes away. I've spent oh. an enormous amount of time in Jacksonville in my life. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Uh City about of Bridges, can, baby. That's about all I can say about it. If you go to Jacksonville, you will know exactly what we're saying. It is just Jacksonville. Go Jacksonville. Duval. Duval, stand up. We will see you next week. Love y'all. Duval. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.